Welcome to the Fizzle Show. That's right, we're back with another episode. Gonna do the do the Fizzle Show. <laughs> we are the Fizzle Show. These are honest conversations uh, between a handful of us uh, independent entrepreneurs, showing you how we do, how we do the things, talking about the things that uh, that you're interested in if you're building your own business, and and giving it to you as as real as we possibly can. Um, I am Chase Wardman-Reeves. There are two others on the show with me. Corbett Barr, he's the smart one, the one with all the experience. Uh, and then there's Barrett Brooks, who's the sort of book smart one, who kind of wrangles the conversation. He's got the deep voice. And, uh, and the chiseled jaw. And we're joined by a very special guest on this episode. More on that here in a second. Uh, so we wanted to have a conversation about women... In independent business and in startups uh, in general, um, that's what we get into. And so, without any further ado, I think we should just jump in. You can follow along at home at fizzleshow.co/slash/one-eleven, and I'll be back after this to fill in any gaps. Did Steph get to hear Horace say, "Make it a good day, oh, my yeah. dudes"? Yep. Yep. What does he? What does he say to ladies? He says. Um, but he says the same stuff, right? He says, my dude. He, he, yeah. he said, my dear. My dear. My dear. Make it a my good dear. day, my he, dear. He called your fiance, my love. Yeah, oh, my love. Damn. Ugh. Damn. <laughs> Little Justin Timberlake. Just so you know, we're recording, guys. This is on right now. Mm-hmm. We're welcoming mm-hmm. to the team. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Mm-hmm. Give me, give me, say what's up. Hi. You know who that is? A female. That's right, guys. <laughs> we got a woman on the microphone in the studio. She's dealing with... We found we found one strong enough to break up the fizzle sauce. This yeah, yeah. changes everything. Exactly, it's the slop. It's the slop house mm-hmm. in here, and then she's 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 coming in. She's going to try to clean things. And up now, for us now I've me. cleaned it up because just because she's here, she comes in. She's looking. You've been fabulous. on pretty good behavior. Chase is not only trying to be good for Steph, our latest fizzle team addition, but also Barrett's fiance Nicole is in town. Yep. Indeed. And Chase is trying to make a good impression. He's yeah. doing okay. A lot of new ladies in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a safe word. We say cacao. Cacao. Anytime, cacao. anytime Chase starts to get a little too off color. Turquoise. 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 Cacao. So listen, on the show today, what we really want to do is have just a, 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 a back, in the, back in the old day style fizzle show, free for all. How's your father? A how's your father? Yep. You know, tall cotton kind of yep. kind of uh, podcast where, we're, where we bring Steph onto the team and share... And talk about something that's been something that we've been thinking about a lot, which is we. I mean, since since we were hiring for Barrett's position, since before that, Corbett and I uh, were always talking about uh, how do we we got to get a, a lady on this team because so much of our audience are females, and it's just these white men. Yeah, that are, that it's just like it's just like a history book. All these white men everywhere making the rules. Yeah, you know. And so we wanted to hire uh, a woman. We wanted to hire the right person for the job. You seen that Silicon Valley episode, by the way, where no. they make this, this? They get in all this trouble about like, well. I'm, I'm, I think you mean we wanted to hire the right person for the job, and if she's a woman, like you wouldn't discriminate, right? He's like, no, we need a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but anyways, suffice it to say, um, Steph's here in the studio. High five! Yes, so glad that you're here. Oh, and now, thanks, guys. Sound. Where do you live, Steph? I live in Chicago. Chicago, lovely Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Illinois. And, uh, I don't think there's a G in that. Chicago actually made famous by that uh, that one album that Sufjan Steven put out about the state, Illinois. Uh-huh. That's I, a great one. I had never even knew that state existed. You guys fans of that out there in mm-hmm. Illinois? You got Come a little on. bit of that. Come on, feel the Illinois. 
so happy for you guys that Steph knows music. That's good. All the small things. I love that. That's pretty good. I did not see us going there. Yeah. We went there. You don't So tell us where you were before you got hired here at Fizzle. Okay, so before I got hired at Fizzle, I have been in sort of the tech startup world for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I worked for Groupon specifically. I was there for five years, and um, I kind of joined Groupon really early on, which was really interesting. I got to see everything from this like teeny tiny exploding startup um, into more of an adolescent business and had the opportunity to do a lot of different things there. From, you were there for like five years? I was there for five years. Yeah. Okay. So and it was how many people when you joined? When I joined, I was employee like 400 something. Wow. Um, and today Groupon's in 48 countries with 11,000 employees around the world. Wow. So yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So I got to see a lot of different things. Um, went from just kind of selling the concept mm-hmm. um, as like pretty much a new college grad to becoming a leader um, in the training world specifically, and then ultimately running a department there. So I got to do a lot of different things. And um, from there, also kind of just started to feel like um, I had achieved a lot of success on my own. And a lot of people started asking me how I had done that. Mm -hmm. Um, For women in particular, a lot of girls that I started mentoring straight out of school would come to me and ask how I had gotten where I was so quickly. Um, And that's kind of what sort of inspired me. I actually became a fizzler myself as an aspiring entrepreneur because I started coaching women Mm. um, all over the place, women who in particular wanted to find the right career for them, but perhaps struggling with how to interview, how to land the right job. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of became a passion for me. So that's what I was doing before. So that's what you were doing. And and that's how you found Fizzle Mm -hmm. is you were like, how do I grow this coaching business on the side? Exactly. And um, so tell me about... uh, I loved that story you told me this morning at breakfast where uh, you were you saw some like executive mm-hmm. women at Groupon. What was it like for you to see them? Yeah, and I'm sure I hope that um, any women out there who are listening can relate to this because it was definitely a struggle for me. I um, was lucky enough and worked hard enough to earn an, a leadership position, yeah. um, which was exciting. But I did notice, as a lot of people have read and know, the higher you go, it is true that there's fewer and fewer females. Mm-hmm. Um However, at Groupon, I was really, really grateful because there actually were quite a few female executives. Mm -hmm. Um, But the challenge that I had is the more I looked at their lives and what their lives looked like, the less I wanted to aspire to that. Not that I didn't have all the respect in the world for them because I definitely did. Um, But these women were mothers um, and they were, in a lot of cases, primary breadwinners, which was huge and um, really inspiring. But at the same time, they would be in the office for 14 hours a day. Mm. And for me, um, I kind of looked down the road five or 10 years, which is what we were talking about this morning. And I just don't, I didn't really see my life going that way. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of women struggle, struggle with this because the question becomes, if you do want to have a family, you know, is that going to be your life where you're in the office and you're just, you know, going as fast as you can to mm-hmm. try to succeed? Or at some point, are you going to kind of just say, well, I'll, you know, I won't really do anything or I'll, I won't have a career that's meaningful to me if yeah. I can't be in an office. So yeah. for me, it became lifestyle oriented. And what what part of that vision do you feel like is female specific versus because you're you're saying things that I felt myself, mm-hmm. right? And I guess there are aspects that are different, especially when you're trying to raise a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but what of that sort of perspective that you think was unique to the the female yeah. version? That's a really good question. And we were talking about this earlier as well. I think, I don't necessarily think it is limited to the female perspective. Mm-hmm. I think um, in a lot of cases, you know, I was, and I turned to a lot of different books and things. At one point I read Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. I mean, who hasn't? 
right? right? It's a good one. But at the yeah. same time, <laughs> that book is kind of about um, how women can be part of this of this world that men have made in business, but it's a world that men aren't necessarily happy with. So yeah. you've got the midlife crisis and the question doesn't become like, how do we change sure. the midlife crisis? The question becomes, how do women set themselves up to go through the same thing? So yeah. rather than questioning the rules, I was always uncomfortable with the idea of fitting in mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. women can be on the same level when in reality, is that the best way to live? Yeah, possibly not. When, now, now it's like the yeah, the, it's like a race to like for for gender and 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 race equality in the in the workplace, so that we can all burn out. So you we can I mean? all be unhappy. <laughs> Everyone yeah. can be unhappy. So we can yeah. all work too much. <laughs> exactly. So what have you like? What was what? Where what was the moment that led you to go like I think I'm ready for another spot? It sounds like you so you're doing the coaching on the side. Mm-hmm. Was that through Groupon at all, or was no. that was just on the side? Well, my background is in coaching, so um, I was doing it for Groupon a lot. I mean, I had yeah. mentor like mentorship relationships. Um, e- even people who weren't working at Groupon would find me on LinkedIn and yeah. just kind of ask if we could talk, and it was one of my favorite things to do. So I started doing this this coaching. Um, and at first, the spin I had on it was, you know, how to be great in the corporate world, how mm-hmm. to interview, how to find the right job for you, because th- those are things I, I was good at. And I yeah. was I was hiring constantly. So I have, I know what, you know, hiring managers look for. Sure. But at some point, the question started to change for me from how do women or anybody for that matter um, find success in the corporate world? How do people find their dream career, whatever that might mm. be? Um, and as I got thinking more and more about that... Um, I don't know. I think it just changed what I what I ultimately wanted to do. So working at Groupon, I was happy that I was able to influence people within those four walls. But then um, having the opportunity to influence as many people as possible who are out there trying to you know make their businesses work. Yeah. It, from that perspective, Fizzle joining the team is just so aligned with what I'm passionate about. Yeah. So a um, couple things that that that. So she said a lot of that this morning when we were when we were chatting, and it just really struck me this idea. First of all, that like, hey, now we can all race to the bottom of of like mm-hmm. the worst life we could we can make for ourselves, which to me leads me immediately to this bigger question about like, so how do like what, what we're building here in Fizzle, right? We, we've got our fourth team member. Like we're growing. We're a tight, agile, uh, but very focused and and like and growing company right now. And we've got we've got a vision for more. How on earth is any one of us out here in the indie business space going to create something that doesn't become a place where eventually 25 people go to burn out every day? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then 50 and then 100 and then 11,000. 11, it's a great right? question. Like how, is there any, like do businesses have, it feels like everybody out there lives under the assumption that businesses have to be growing or they're dead. Mm-hmm. You're either growing or dying in business. It's kind of like the mantra, even though I don't really know if I've heard people say that. And then we're talking about like sharks who always have to move to breathe, you know? Well, and, or humans always have to have goals to be Yeah, there's engaged to be some transformation life happening. Otherwise, it just kind of yeah. stagnates. So the other, so maybe uh, at breakfast I said this, it was like maybe it's like you don't have to grow or die. You have to move or die. You have to be moving. You have to mm-hmm. be becoming. You have to be shaping or learning or just trying new things. You know, I think that's what's interesting about like tree houses for or uh, four day work week yeah. or why Google started the whole you get free time, you know, once a week to try new things because yeah. that allows you even if so, like, let's say we had 10 people on the team and we were really honed in on what the work was to be done each week and everyone had this workflow they follow. Well, now if you give them time to go try new things outside of that regular workflow they get to be interesting and interested in something again and try something new that could benefit the company or maybe not yeah but at least it gives them something else to learn and grow in 
you know? So I think there's a balance between we don't have to be bigger, 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 bigger to continue not dying. But I think you do have to give people a chance to grow and learn and try new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of want to use this, the, the, this session as like a chance to talk about, um, you know, there's like, there's like a lot of these episodes are full, chock full of tips and tricks about how to grow your business, things you can do. Mm-hmm. Right. But to me, and probably for most of our listeners and, and us as well. I mean, we didn't get into this to grow a business. We got into this because there was a why there at first, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to grow a business because X, Y, and Z, or I wanted to, you know, whatever. So the question is why, like coming back to why are we, are we putting so many, like we're, we're spending so much time and effort trying to grow this thing, doing a bunch of stuff, a bunch of growth, uh, hacking tactics, a bunch of content, a bunch of X, Y, and Z. Um, we're feeding the beast. You know, so the question ends up becoming like, okay, so how, wh- why are we feeding the beast? What's, Where is it taking us? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, we're, we're constantly throwing wood on the, the engine of the, of the train, but it's like, okay, so where is the track going though? Yeah. You know what I mean? And Steph said earlier that, that, that joining the fizzle team aligns with your why much more. So what is that exactly? What is that? Why to you? I mean, I, I think, and I don't know, I, I, would like to also say this to all the female listeners out there. To me, my why is I want as many people, but I think just coming from a female perspective, women have a special place for me. I just want people out there to know that they can do it. Like you can have the kind of life that you want to have. And I think it becomes a question of separating your intuition from Mm -hmm. your ego and not living life from a place of shoulds and feeling like, you know, I should be in a certain type of job with a certain type of compensation structure and, I have should have a certain retirement plan. I mean, Obligations all, and expectations. Yeah, yep. and all of those are great things. But I think when we challenge ourselves to ask, like, what is it that I really get up in the morning for? What are what are my values and how do I align my life with that? Um, that's really my favorite thing is to see people discover that and start to actually ask those questions. Because in places like college and you know other things, we're not really challenged to think of life in yeah. that way yeah. at, at all. And I'm curious as well, something I've always wondered about, We've struggled as a team to highlight a lot of um, female stories. And we love to tell stories yeah. about people. And we talk all the time on episodes about somebody that we just met. And nine times out of 10 or eight times out of 10, yeah. they tend to be men. Yeah. And so from the female perspective, is it hard to find examples of um, women to look up to who have done things that you might want to do? Because role models are important to all of us. Yeah. It helps inspire us and open our eyes to what's possible. Or is it that we're just myopic about it and we don't know enough women in entrepreneurship to call those stories out? I mean, if I'm being truthful about it, I think it's probably a mix. Um, I I do think that there's a lot of it out there. I also think that there is something there. I mean, there is the confidence gap between genders is something that's heavily researched. Um, I mean, one of my favorite statistics to talk about with this is if you take a a typical man and a typical woman and put a job description in front of them, um, on average, a woman's going to feel like she needs to be at least 100% qualified to Mm. put her name in the hat. And for guys, it's about 60%. Mm. And I don't fully know what the answer is to that. But I think it also goes hand in hand with um, perhaps what you're talking about there, Corbett, is, you know, women feel, I have found women feel a little bit funny talking about themselves and talking about their success. I think, in certain points in our life, maybe we were taught that that's rude to talk about yourself yeah. um, or to carry on too much about your success. Um, so there's something there for sure. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So when you think of examples in uh, of women entrepreneurs, like who who does your mind immediately go to? My mind immediately goes to someone like Marie Forleo, of course, uh-huh. who's mm-hmm. inspiring for a lot of women I know in our community too. But then, you know, I'm a big fan of Jess Lively. Corbin, mm-hmm. I know you know Jess. Um, 
you know, she's somebody that I um, listen to her podcast religiously. And there's there's definitely people out there like that. And the question just becomes, you know, how can um, how can we have more conversations? But those are the two big ones that come to mind for me. I know there's more, but um, yeah, there's there's more opportunity. Even in like the startup and tech world. Like, do you think of like a a lean in Sheryl Sandberg? Do you think of uh, others? Marissa Mayer? Like. Mm -hmm. But I mean, are these are like people are these inspiring to, people or? to you, or are they like like I always think of of what's her name, uh, the co-interviewer of D, uh, the journalist who's always with Walter Mossberg, always on stage. Uh-huh. Um, uh, what's her name? I can't remember. Kara Swisher. Kara Swisher, and she's just so bright and smart. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not inspired by that person. She seems she's hard, so intense. Yeah, she's you intense. Know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But meaning like like there's 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 people who inspire me who naturally go like, oh my gosh. I the, I like the way they live. Well, well, what you just said is important too, though, mm-hmm. right? Like to say yeah. sometimes, um, you know, when you use words like intense about a woman, yeah. it's different mm-hmm. than intense for a totally. man. Totally, because yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk's pretty intense, and we yeah. talk about him all the time. Exactly. I guess so. Yeah. So but you, but it, yeah, right. And you know what I see? The difference there is the confidence gap. In mm-hmm. some ways, that's what like my my stupid brain just goes immediately to like. Yeah, I mean, because Kara's had an uphill battle her whole life oh, I mean, to become where she is. I've been called bossy my whole life. Yeah. I'm sure people have used mm-hmm. uh, the B word to oh, describe man. me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, women must get bossy all the we time. Do. They must. You, like, that, do. that whole campaign came from that whole yep. ban bossy campaign mm-hmm. came from this idea mm-hmm. that when a woman acts the same way a man does, we call her bossy and we call him ambitious yep. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and it's like totally. really, that's how we're going to yeah. separate these two people, even though they're the same person with the same ambitions and the so, same goals. And so I'm curious. So you think about um, venture capital, for example, as an organization, and we talk about a lot of VCs that have advice that we love. Mm-hmm. Fred Wilson, for example, yeah. Brad Feld. Um, and it's hard to find women in that space because the VC world is just this old world yeah. hierarchy it's a country and pyramid club. and it's a country club. And so it's really hard to break into that. Obviously um, startups are changing, I think, and it's becoming easier, but there's this like promise of being an entrepreneur where it's not about, um, you know, fitting in and being part of some old structure. It's about your ideas and, you know, whether or not you can put those forward and have yeah. people adopt them. Totally. And so there's this promise that anybody can do it, and it doesn't matter what your gender or race or whatever is or your background, which is really awesome. Um, but do you feel even in entrepreneurship, are there unique challenges for women? Um, and is there some sort of bias that we all have or that consumers might have or what are those challenges for women trying to become entrepreneurs? I mean, I think I'll actually take the answer to that from a different angle. I think that we're in the middle of an interesting movement for female entrepreneurs. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are like me who are trying to do something like my yeah. business was called Miss Corner Office. I have a really good friend in Chicago named Amanda, and she has a podcast called the She Did It Her Way podcast. Yeah. And there's a lot more of that type of thing coming coming up. And I wonder if because women never quite exactly fit into the whole venture capitalist world if if we're maybe a little bit more comfortable exploring something different yeah Mm -hmm. um because maybe women you know everywhere who are a bit younger and are trying to figure this out are more accepting of the fact that there's a different path for us so Mm. from that perspective i'm almost wondering if in the next five years or so we'll see women have a bit of an advantage is this similar to that time in world war ii when women went to work in factories and like built the planes and all those things i mean is that like is this like a a metaphorically sort of similar to that in that like there's this war in like regular business and then this vacuum that's opened up i feel like Mm -hmm. culturally there's a set there's a there's definitely a draw towards independent businesses there's like products with actual stories not coca-cola saying like 
here's a story about Coke. You know, like like products of it with like, uh, I don't know, that, that tell a, a story that are worth something. That like, I bought this bag even though it was twice as much more money because the, the materials, the factory, the labor, all of that stuff, sustainable, yada, 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 and all, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. This, I feel like there's a resurgence in these kinds of things and not just in products, also with information. There's a, a, a high price being paid for curation now and like, and, and, the the voice that I'm hearing things from. There's information everywhere. So so much that who I get that information from is now the thing I'm pay- I'm paying for, right. or that 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 has the, is, is like the high price item, right? So it just kind of it just reminds me of, or at least it fires me up to think of that World War Two. You know, the, the all those all those great old pictures and the campaigns of the of the women with their with the. Um, Drills and all that stuff, putting together the <laughs> fucking bombers. You know what I mean? These yeah, Rosie, Rosie the Riveter. Ro- Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. Um, and I, I wonder, I, I don't know enough about that time either. Um, but but to, it makes sense. So anything. if if the other avenues that people would go into careers are more difficult for women to succeed in, and women crave flexibility, then entrepreneurship is naturally suited for a bunch of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see in, in a lot of areas now, um, like graduate schools, for example, like arts and law and others where yeah. women are now the majority in those programs. Yeah. Um, just because, partly because there are more of them. Um, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see, like, what happens with entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know, I, think, I think it's interesting, though. Like, in the traditional world, I think, uh, the VC world is still terrible for women. I, like, if you listen yeah, to the horrible. latest, latest season of, uh, the startup podcast, I haven't started You just yet. hear these founders good? getting harassed by these men. Mm-hmm. Who, Basically say, yeah, I'll give you $50,000 and do you want to go on a date? And it's like, hey, mm-hmm. buzz off, you jerk. Yeah. And <laughs> that's Barrett getting Sorry, real sauced up. Well, I was like going to say, you know, buzz off, tiger. <laughs> people get mad when we cuss. So I try not to do it. I'll anymore. give you but, the um, old Hershey one, two. But it pal. does, it pisses me off when I listen to that stuff. It's like, why are you such a prick? And why yeah. are you creating this image of what every person in the entrepreneurial or every guy in the entrepreneurial world is? Because it affects everyone. Yeah. And so I agree with your comment, Corbett, that. Because of that and because of the same kinds of things in different ways in the corporate world, it does open up this interesting vacuum for women to be filling in this independent business kind of world yeah. where mm-hmm. there are no gatekeepers. And so you can go out there and build a brand on your own, you know, two feet yeah. in your own right. And, and they uh, don't have, that's almost like women. So this thing, if you look through the, the, the history of all things ever it's the hardship that makes a kind of people group strong enough to be set up for success later on right Mm -hmm. so in some ways you could say okay women have been held down by a male-run hierarchy which has made them uh potentially the the story ends up being in 100 years that it's written it made them so strong and uh I don't know. So somehow set them up better for for independent when, business. Well, and way. when these new channels opened up, because so they don't saying, have a, a a path straight to the top the way that every boy growing up goes. Like you could be president, you could be this, you could be that, and now it's like that's a new story for women to to hear in some ways, right? Or certainly it's a it's an old world in a lot of parts of the places of the world still, yeah. right? Like we're talking about the VC world. One of the things that's really interesting to me to think about is. If you if you don't have um, women thinking about your if you don't have a woman at least 
in your business, you are not set up well to survive the next 10 years. If you don't have, if you're an American, you don't have a Hispanic, Latin American point of view, uh, African American point of view in your company, you're not set up well for success because you're not understanding what's becoming the majority of people in this country or right. the majority of perspectives in the things in the world out here, right? So right. you don't sure. see strategic opportunities right. because and you're think, still in the country. I club. think you're seeing that with the electorate mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah. Same kind of trends, totally. Yeah. So I, I would love to shift the conversation a little bit and think, start thinking, especially from Steph's point of view. So how do how do we move forward as a business, and how can other business uh, yeah. owners start yeah. moving so forward? Yeah. So so where are we at? Like, especially without patronizing women, now because that, there's there's two sides of this, right? Where you could start highlighting women as a way, like we're going to prop you up and make you the great business owner you should be, and that's not necessarily our role either. Yeah. But I do think there's a role for us to play. And I would love to know. Where do you feel we stand? Not not the three of us necessarily, um, but uh, the fizzle community in general. Like, how easy is it for women to thrive in there? From your perspective, now having been here for four weeks or so, and we should say, like, what's explain to people what your role is within fizzle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my role within fizzle, I mean, I'm taking on member success, so I guess I'm kind of like the front line of the community. So I'm most likely the person or at least the first person to interact with everybody who's within Fizzle um, talking about their ideas and getting feedback and things like that. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know. I I do think it's a bit challenging for women to, and this for Fizzle, this likely goes beyond just women, but I think, and you guys were talking about this on a recent episode, I think people want to find their people. And in a lot of cases, women want to find other women. I mean, there is something really compelling about um, the way that women can come together. And I think the internet has made that an amazing thing. I mean, I'm thinking of one um, woman entrepreneur that I know of. Her name's Emily Lay, and she has a really popular product called the Simplified Planner. And it's this whole brand that she's built around. I think her um, little slogan is like, you know, making time for what matters most. And I think that really resonates with women. And it kind of sounds a little bit like my story too, is, you know, asking yourself, what are the things that really matter and how do we come together as a collective to support each other in finding whatever that is? Yeah. So I think we have to figure out how to um, have more of that conversation with Invisible because I I definitely think it's happening, um, you know, in small little groups, but um, in terms of facilitating that conversation more front and center and having us be part of it, it's something I'm excited about. Interesting to me is just to see the immediate transition with people being willing to share since you took over the role from me. And I think the dynamic immediately changed when, and really all it changed was them having a woman to talk to mm-hmm. as opposed to not feeling like them coming forward to me or one of us is going to get the same kind of recognition and understanding as they do from you. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us about some of those kind of trends that you're seeing or comments you're seeing from the community without calling the people out, mm-hmm. but just kind of general comments that you've gotten that we never heard because they weren't as comfortable with us. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of thoughts. I mean, first of all, to your point, Barrett, I think I've been so floored and just my heart has been warmed by how many people have commented that they're excited that there's a female on the team. And by the way, it's not just women of fizzle. Mm-hmm. A lot of men of fizzle think yeah. it's cool too. So, so yeah. I love that. Totally. Um, but, you know, in terms of the content, I have been having a lot of conversations, you know, everything from email to Skype and women have been um, great about wanting to talk about their experience as a as a small business owner and independent entrepreneur. I think in general, um, you know, the thing I'm noticing the most is I think that women are just wanting to have more conversation. Yeah. Um, when they come onto the homepage and they see our library, they want to see more female faces. And mm-hmm. I get that because I think I felt that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that it doesn't discredit 
uh, anything that any of the other founders have done, for example. But I think that, um, you know, just like all of us, you look at somebody and you want to relate to them. You want to mm-hmm. say, I'm like them and they did it so I could do it too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe a little bit more of what women within Fizzle are looking for. And maybe that's why they're more comfortable talking to me because they see that you guys have decided that I should be on the team and they think, wow, okay, you know, this is somebody who is ha- has found some success and want to start the conversation. So yeah. I think the first step has to be figuring out what the right venue is mm-hmm. for more of this conversation to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love, uh, so my call to action, we're not anywhere close to done with this conversation, but one of my calls to action for this episode would be, if you know of great stories of female entrepreneurs, you got to tell us about them because- Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this concept from an author that I got to speak to recently and he, he called it um, not famous, but should be or something like that. And mm-hmm. there's all these cool stories out there in the world where people are doing great work, building interesting products, having teams that are growing and things like that, specifically yeah. in the entrepreneurial world. And nobody knows about them, but everyone should. Yeah. And those are the kinds of stories I would love for us to start telling mm-hmm. is who are the female entrepreneurs out there who don't need a, a leg up from us? But they deserve their story deserves to be told, yeah. And that we can start highlighting them because, in some ways, it's a self fulfilling prophecy where once their names start getting out there, now they start getting more business, and their business grows, and now they're an even better success story. And like you're saying, Chase, now they're the ambition for many women who look up to them, yeah, like a Marie or mm-hmm. a Jess Lively or whatever, Danielle Laporte, yeah, yeah exactly. That's a good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. One of the things back to the startup conversation, uh, just that I've noticed recently in articles that I've reading, uh, 50, about 50% of the articles that I read about um, customer research and in the, in the research world and uh, talking to customers, things that are near and dear to our hearts as we're like talking to all of these entrepreneurs out there trying to figure out, hey, uh, you know, how do I make my product yeah. actually sell? What are you struggling with? How yeah. can I help you? Yeah. yeah. So the way you make your product sell is you talk to the people who would buy your product and make it what they want it to be in some ways, right? But that art of, of interviewing customers, of talking with them, of empathizing with them. There, most of the articles, like I said, 50% of the articles, probably at least, that I've been reading about that come from a woman writer mm-hmm. it, who is like head of research at LinkedIn or or head of uh, customer development at, you know, so-and-so place, mm-hmm. right? So in some ways, there, there are, there, and I see those skills as being the most, that is, that, like right now we're in this trend of design where everybody's paying out the wazoo for designers like me mm-hmm. to just come into their company because they think we're going to solve all your problems. Right. We only solve your problems if we're really good at research and understanding yep, what totally. people do. And so now there's this new layer of just people who who just get to know your customers. Just get to know them. And yeah. you're like, they want a button that just says, pay me. And that's a team in many companies. Like yep. MailChimp's yeah. got a whole UX design team that goes out totally. into the world and sees their customers in their native environments or whatever and yeah. finds out how they live and how they work and how they're using MailChimp. You- you were talking before about a book that I think that you're reading about somebody who does this for other mm-hmm. companies. And yeah. I was just thinking it'd be great to learn from that person, but that has to be an integral part of your business. Yep. That's not something to outsource. I, no, I wouldn't no, think getting no. to know your customer, yep. no. you know, no, you and that's why know. we put so much importance on having somebody as, you know, in charge of member success. Right. And mm-hmm. because if we get out of touch with our customers, then the business is definitely not going the right yeah. direction. I wonder, I mean, do you, do you get it? Uh, that's just one thing that I've noticed that the, like a seeing a trend of a lot more women in startups uh, in those kinds of roles. I don't know about other kinds of roles that I've seen, but I, that's something that I've definitely noticed. What did you see? Where did you see women succeeding inside of Groupon? Yeah, I think more leadership. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know. I think that the more that women started to 
you know, come together is the really big thing. Like, for example, at Groupon, we had an organization that was started called Women at Groupon. Uh And that was huge. I mean, at first it was small, but it turned into the biggest little like extra Did you call yourself sub-group. WAGs? An, an employee resource group? It was. Yeah, employee resource <laughs> Love group. The big corporate terms. I know, exactly. But people would get together and start just, you know, mentoring one another. And I yeah. think that that's, that's where it's the empowerment that gets people going. The other thing, too, that's not, this is not Groupon related, but I think interesting for indie businesses, I think Instagram is really interesting. I yeah. think on the whole, I see, and this could just be me based on who I follow, but I think women are using Instagram really, Mm -hmm. really well. I mean, there's so much visual inspiration and there's a lot of, like, I think Instagram is very good for enabling conversation. Mm -hmm. So uh, then again, that's another place where I think there's an edge. I mean, yeah, most, and Pinterest as well, Mm -hmm. right? It's just driving so much of their activity is, 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 mostly women clicking like clicking onto things there I, you mm-hmm. know finding the lifestyle stuff and the same thing that i see at least in the people that i follow on instagram um uh, in 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 all of these there's all these like great amazing women who are just seem to be and this is everybody on instagram that like does instagram for a living they're just like living some freaking great life and they represent to me like that like adventurous lifestyle sort exactly. of thing kind of when you said uh, you said it, mentioned it a few times where it was like, yeah, that's the kind of life that I like. Like, I was looking for something more like that. Mm-hmm. That feels right to me. Um, that's what I feel like when I see a lot of that Instagram stuff as well. And then some, I don't know. There's maybe the, I don't. I don't know. There, there's just such a, a messy situation to talk about, right? Because in some ways, you want to go like, uh, uh, like. Oh, well, women are really good at this kind of thing. And it's like, no, they're great at, at all the things. There's a right. bunch of different kinds of women, just like there's a bunch of different kinds of men, yeah. right? Right. And, and, uh, and you know, all, Brian Tars could, could be true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all stereotype I love, um, stuff. Another great example of this lately has been Jessica Livingston over at Y Combinator. She's uh-huh. been there from the very beginning. Yep. And she didn't have as loud of a voice until recently, at least that I noticed. Yeah. And she started writing and coming out a lot more with her insights since the very beginning. Yeah. And it's a great compliment. She's to one of the co founders there or something? Yeah. It's yeah. a great compliment to what you're hearing from Paul Graham uh, and Sam Altman and mm-hmm. the guys in the leadership there. She's bringing this other component that, that, shines a different light on that community and how it's been built and the intentionality behind so much of what they do. And you see like she was a part of the backbone of what made that great. Yeah. And now she's starting to share that. And I love that. That's the kind of story I think we need more people to be telling. We need Steph to be writing about how she became the director of sales training at Groupon. And, you know, women need to get out there and share the story of how they're doing the things that they're doing too, you know, woman explain us some stuff and don't just leave yeah. it up to the men to say look at how great i am because mm-hmm. uh, there's plenty of stories to be told on that end too so what do we do i mean back to that question about like what do we do now like what do we just ourselves do in fizzle mm-hmm. and then what do uh, i mean before this i was a one-man show with a laptop making designs like i didn't know how to like be more gender Oh, uh, whatever the word ter- term is, Ge- more gendery, aware. comfortable, gender and gendery. No, I'm plenty comfortable with all the sexes, uh, but uh, but it's just <laughs> I love that cacao. Just, just <laughs> we walked in turquoise, that one. turquoise. <laughs> so, but it's like I was like a, I was a, a just by myself uh, making websites yeah, on my laptop, and now you have to like inspire and lead and people. Like, what am I supposed? But like meaning like for that person, for what what can I? What me then four years ago, Chase just designing websites? Like how can how, we inspire how, that person? Yeah, like so. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, if I could go back and get myself to like, I would love to have been able to partner with a woman in a design role because uh, or in a design sort of little agency, just because that would have. 
that just changes the dynamic so much of working sure, with but, any customer. But and most stuff people like that. aren't going to be able to do that. And I yeah. think it has to start. That's, so that's with, what I'm getting with, at. With any diversity and inclusiveness kind of training that you go through, the first thing is acknowledging your biases and acknowledging yep. that everyone has them. It doesn't matter who mm. you are. Everyone has a perspective they grew up with, a bias they grew up with, and saying, okay, let's find out what that is. What is my bias mm-hmm. towards the world? How do I view the world? And learn that first. And then actively combat that by finding information that's contrary to what you would seek out naturally. So like for us, it might be natural for us to go find male founder stories. And part of that is because it's like the guys we hang out with at conferences. Well, it's just like the, the people yeah, we like it's and like, the people we know. I can name 35 websites right now. Exactly. One of them is going to be Marie Forleo. Right. And there's going to be a lot of others right. that I don't even know. I don't know if there'll be any other women in there just because it's like... This is just the stuff that's thrown at me all the time that I'm in. This is right. the stream I'm swimming in. So it's a bias is what that's you're right. saying. That's yeah. right. And it's not unnatural. Everyone does that. Yeah. And so the key then is to say, okay, so how do I get outside of that and intentionally seek out other stories or other things to pay attention to? Yeah. And part of that is just looking for it, yeah. acknowledging it, and then saying, okay, let me go look for some other interesting stories or sites or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or when you're doing your research, like you've talked about, you know, that was a big part of your process, Chase, and designing was... I'm going to go read all the comments. Yeah. Well, one thing you could do is say, I'm going to go read all the female comments. Well, luckily with Think Traffic, that wasn't very difficult because they were almost like 80% Mostly dudes. female. No, female. Oh, they were female? Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I love. Despite our biases and... Biases, I think you're talking about. By our, <laughs> despite our biases, um, Fizzle is a place where I feel like women do thrive. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of really yeah. great case studies. And I feel like we highlight women those have case such studies awesome a lot. business ideas too. Yeah. I love going in the forums and hearing some story about like I'm doing this or I'm doing like uh what's her name who does who does the uh the artisanal American cocktail oh, cherries. Marianne. Sunquist. Mm-hmm. So great, man. Like just but like they're always you know, like, like it's always hard to come up with a business idea, and everybody starts, you know, with like, I'm going to help people get uh, the lifestyle that they desire, or I'm going to help with X, Y, and Z, and then we all kind of like find more specific things to to geek out about later on. But I, I am, I just feel like one of my biases is I notice women business ideas more because they they interest me more typically because mm-hmm. they're already thinking in terms of I wish I had this, and then like making that thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, Steph, if you had to kind of lay a path out for Fizzle to become more and more friendly and more aware and more of a proponent for Or even beyond that, to become the spot for women, new women entrepreneurs to, to absolutely blossom and thrive and become like incredible who they actually are. How, how do we do that? Well, I mean, I think the answer is in something that you guys say all the time, which is talk to your customers. I mean, that's Mm. one of the biggest things that I've tried to do just in my first four weeks is whenever somebody takes the time to send me a private message to say, congrats, we're excited you're here. I just try to not leave it at that and just say, Hey, like, why are you excited? I've asked that a number of times, Mm. like, you know, because people will go over the top about it and they'll say, we're so excited. You're female. There's a female on the leadership team at fizzle. And I'll say, that's awesome. Thank you. That like really means a lot to me. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about why that's exciting? And mm-hmm. the conversations I've had have been great. So I think mm. that's the first step is figuring out and people have had some great ideas, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, of course, like having more founder stories within Fizzle of, of Fizzlers who, cause we do have quite a few, as you said, um, female Fizzlers who've already had a lot of success. So yeah. I think asking them what they want to see and also finding ways for um, conversation to just happen in a way that's a little bit easier to find. Because I think that's the other thing, too, is when you first join Fizzle, um, it's a little overwhelming. There's a lot of people in Fizzle, which is really exciting, but you likely don't know where the first place to go is to find 
people who are like you, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is what we're all looking for. So yeah. I think that's the, probably the next step is, is how to figure out how to find your people quickly, because yeah. if you don't find that, you might get frustrated versus, you know, a Marie Forleo as an example, something like B-School, yeah. you know, just by going there and checking it out, looking at Facebook, it's like probably 99% female. Sure. Yeah. So if you're hedging your bets, you're thinking to yourself, potentially, if I'm looking to talk with female entrepreneurs, they're for sure going to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a visibility thing. Absolutely. Um, but I think Barrett also has a really good point about, I think what you're talking about is vulnerability. I think, and you guys do a great job of that, you know, mm-hmm. owning the fact that there hasn't been a, a female team member so far mm-hmm. and just um, being open to those suggestions and being open to changing mm-hmm. a little bit of what the culture is going to look mm-hmm. like. Right. And I think that, and it's, I have seen being, you know, in charge of member success, people can sense that and people are excited that the culture of will, will change at least a little bit yeah definitely. i think it def- definitely will you know one idea that came up from uh from a fizzler i can't remember who it was so sorry if i'm not giving you credit appropriately but she offered that maybe we create a dedicated kind of space for only women to hang out inside of fizzle mm-hmm. i've always been kind of hesitant towards that yeah. kind of singling out of it any type of group of person because yeah. i feel like it funnels them all to one place and says you're different than everyone else and therefore we should cater to you specifically and segment you off. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, that's just my perspective on it. I I think I agree. Um, I think there's definitely benefit and variety of perspectives, you know, for example, actually a few female fizzlers have reached out to me about this, that, and again, you guys mentioned there's a lot of stereotyping happening here, but in general, there's a lot of times when if you put a problem out there, typically men might be a little Mm -hmm. bit more eager to want to solve the problem. And a lot of women tend to be a little bit more strategic um, from the perspective of maybe they just want to, talk through it a little bit before a suggestion is made. Yeah. So I think that's uh, a little bit of what maybe that fizzler was wrestling with is sometimes I just want to vent. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that's exclusive to the female perspective by any stretch. So no, I don't necessarily think that saying, hey, if you're a woman, you have to go to this part of fizzle mm-hmm. is the way to go. Um, but I do think that making it feel like a more, you know, again, within your first couple of days of fizzle, first couple of days of fizzle, when you get in there, you have to be able to see, oh, there's a lot of women here. They're doing yeah. great things. Yeah. And that should be evident from the first yeah. couple moments. I mean, that, that's a really, what you just brought up is a really interesting thing. I mean, because like, there's all these, like, we're talking about these biases. And Barrett, I love the way that you say, like, we all have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I just feel guilty all the time because I didn't grow up with women. I, I had a younger brother and it was, and my mom was just like this amazing woman who, who but she was just like, she just made sure we have all the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches we need all the time and stuff you know what i mean it was like amazing and then i get married and it's like she didn't teach you about gender biases no and i get married and there's no peanut butter and jelly sandwiches anywhere (laughs) you know what i mean and i'm just like what what did i sign up for like what's what's happening here but but that even just that like that little moment of like sometimes you know it's it's a stereotypical sort of woman gender bias like oh women just like to vent and man's gonna come in like and be like let's fix this Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and uh, in some ways like the the right answer is everybody does a little bit of both right and and in other ways we're in a unique social his, historical time where it's like we got to swing the pendulum back the opposite like equal and opposite reaction to where it's been for the last mm-hmm. i don't know 16,000 years or something right yep <clears throat> so so there's going to be it's going to be a little out of whack mm-hmm. for a while like yep. like, uh, like there's going to be special treatment when there maybe should be the the goal is actually being right. a level player playing field but there's also sensitivity where to something like that where it's like you can almost imagine some sort of um 
just it becoming a little more of a common practice for a woman to go like, hey, I'm just venting here. Yeah. And then in yeah. the forums, do the thing. And then like the, the guys can, it's almost more of an empathetic conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, but I would much rather every th- thread start with a few clarifying questions. Mm-hmm. And right. wow, that must have felt like crap. Like, so what'd you do next? Or what, yeah. what what's your idea? Questions. Before we get into, here's what I'd do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because that never leads to, I mean, sometimes it's, it's, it's helpful, but really the, the, the true trans, as any of us who've been life coaches know, the true transformative stuff that happens. There's three of us who are coaches here. <laughs> Where have you been, Corbett? You just need, you just didn't get on the coach train at some point. What are you talking about? Well, we, he was He's a coach. A I was bit. a coach. She oh, was a coach. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, I tried, I tried whatever. coaching a few people and then they gave me some background story about how, Something happened horrible in their childhood, and yeah. I'm like, I do not need to do this. Like, yeah, well, I, that's therapy. There's there's therapy. I know, but it's like there's a border there yeah. in coaching. There is, there and, is, and there it's is. kind of blurry. Um, but but uh, well, first of all, for any of the fizzlers out there, when we're getting in the forums, let's do let's ask clarifying questions. Yep. Like any good coach, because what happens is when that transformation, when the answer comes from the person, because you've asked questions, not because you're like, okay, I'm, so it can start with like, okay, I'm just going to ask questions. Uh, as just a thing to do. But really, the true insight there is to realize that there's a lot to discover left mm-hmm. in this problem mm-hmm. that you can be actually curious about instead of just assuming mm-hmm. that you've got the right of it right, right away. Right. You know what I mean? So, so maybe that's something that all of us can do, can do better. Just as a little, as a little tip or trick, just because that's how I want fizzle. Look, when you talk about someone coming into fizzle for the first time and seeing like, wow, there's a lot of women, there's a lot of people doing great stuff. And the, to me, like the way that we talk to one another, I would love that to be very fizzle, man. Right. It's you know like I, mean? I help you get clarity instead of giving you clarity. Yeah. Yeah. I, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think we have to realize that nine times out of ten, the answer is within everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have the yeah. answer. They just need somebody to help them. And, and we never really it. said that before, but that's exactly you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what's happening is just knowing uh, mm-hmm. that it's in there. And, uh, and, and I mean, sometimes it's like a, should I use this plugin or that plugin right. or like, right. do not use that plugin. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Sure. You know, there's like exposure to topics, which right. I would say is kind of what our training is meant to do. We're exposing you to topics. We're showing you processes and systems that can work for you. And the forums and the community piece is all about discovery. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. now that I have this context or I know the high level concepts, how does this apply to me? Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm struggling mm-hmm. with now. Yeah. And that's where you need those clarifying questions. And I think that's why a great learning community has both. It's not mm-hmm. just listen to us, we have the answers. It's now, how do you apply this to you? And how can we help you get there and get the clarity that yeah. you're looking for on this topic? So you guys, we're right here at the end now. And um, Wait, did we did we fix all? We're good now, right? Yeah, we're, it's time to go out for a rip here, bud. <laughs> we're... <laughs> We solved it all. We did. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm looking at my phone and Paul Graham hasn't called me yet to say we really sorted it out. But um, I guess he's just well. This hasn't aired yet. Well, it uh, hasn't aired yet. so it would be Jessica Livingston, not Paul Graham. That's yeah. the whole yeah. point of this episode. That's Come right. On, That's right. Sorry. Come on, Jay. See, I got biases. <laughs> my bias is in my way. <laughs> That's good. It's real good. Woo! Okay, um, do Steph, this. Steph, give us like a nugget of wisdom to round this thing out. Yeah, I'm actually going to take this as a call to action cool. to whether it's female fizzlers or any females who are listening. I think that if us as women can look at 
our experiences as we have an obligation. Like we have an obligation to empower other women. It's our job. So if you're listening to this and you have any level of success, I want to hear from you guys. I want you to share it. I want you to um, be one of those faces that other women can come into Fizzle and see like, okay, she made it. I can make it too. So that's kind of my challenge to the females out there. I want to hear more stories. I want to see us not being afraid to talk about our success because- we should talk about it and because it's great and maybe define success a little differently because yeah. I, like you said earlier how women feel like they have to be 100 percent qualified yes. and men are 60 percent. likewise with successes men feel like if they have half a success right. it's a success women feel like it has to be all the way there all right. the boxes have I to agree. be checked right? yeah that's yeah. a great clarification yeah. so if you are a female and you are even motivated to get started if you're excited and you have taken even the smallest of steps to figuring out what you want your life to look like that's success i think yeah that's a mm-hmm. home run already. um so the way you can do that uh either your story or someone else's that you think we should be paying attention to or even if you're just getting started and you think hey pay attention to me as i go uh share that in the comments we'd love to pay attention and we'd love to know about more stories we should be telling and paying attention to and uh if you have specific questions that you'd love to hear steph's opinion on on the podcast you can send them to fizzleshow.co slash ask or hey guys at fizzle.co. Yeah. Yep. And Steph said it's okay if we say guys, right? It is. It's fine. It's just it's just yeah. a general plural thing. We're not yeah. we can say hey gals. No, that's like, weird. That's worse. Let's not do it's like it. buddy. Yeah. Hey buddy. Hey bud. Not hey, your bud. buddy, pal. <laughs> hey bud. <laughs> okay, I think you guys good? Yeah, we done We're it. Good. All right. All right. I have been Steph Crowder. Whoa. Hey yo. Hey yo. I, I have been Chase Warbin Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Baird Brooks. And we will see you there or we'll See you on another time. Another time. I'm a possible. Give me an alligator. Possible. Not as an alligator. Not as an alligator. Sounds like a radio. Like we got a rod rider coming in. So there you have it. Oh, thank you so much, Steph, for joining us. She's a great addition to the team, don't you guys think? If you think so, head over to the show notes. Fizzleshow.co slash one eleven. That's one one one. And uh, and chime in. Say, wow, so great to hear from an, uh, uh, an actual woman on this show before. I can't believe how much of a breath of fresh air it is. That's amazing. <laughs> Please do chime in. And, and we, we really do want to hear of the examples, uh, more stories that we could be telling of, of women in business who are just doing it the way that they want to do it. That sounds awesome. I want to tell those stories. You know, we, we, we do this show uh, out of the goodness of our heart. We also run Fizzle.co, where you can sign up for a dollar, try 30 days of, of, our, uh, of our training. We're building a new roadmap. We've got the community of entrepreneurs there that won't let you quit. Uh, so if you're into, into building your own business, try that out. Uh, if you're not, maybe give us a little uh, iTunes review, just because it helps other people find the show. Uh, here's one from Dan Toronto. Hey, it's from Dan Toronto there, out there in Canada. And Dan says... You know, I've always had trouble running. I shouldn't do that. That sounds rude. <laughs> he says, uh, I don't mean it to be rude. I married a Canadian. I lived in Canada. I lived in Regina, Canada. So I didn't just live in Canada. I lived in a place called Regina. Yeah, be careful how you pronounce that one. Dan says, I have always had trouble running. I watch the time tick and constantly do the math on how much longer I have to run. It creates mental hurdles I can't overcome. The Fizzle Podcast has allowed me to be in the moment and run carefree. I made a deal with myself to only look at the time whenever Barrett talks on the podcast. 
I now run for 50 minutes and only look at my watch five times. It's great. And so is this podcast. This is amazing. Dan, that's so awesome. Listen, if you uh, if you like the show, maybe drop us an iTunes review. I'd really love that. I'd love to read it from you. Uh, we read just about... Uh, Every one of them. I think I'd like to read more. Maybe each each episode, I'll, I'll mention the people who are who are leaving episodes. We got five this past week, so that's awesome. Um, so yeah, do do go to, to the iTunes store and and search for Fizzle on the podcast and click write a review. I think uh, I think I'd like to, to hear from you. Okay, y'all, that's it from us here this week. Fizzle show number one eleven. That's pretty. That's, we're getting up there. And this was like a big one. This was this is awesome. I hope that you guys love this episode as much as we as we did uh, recording it. I've been Chase Warman Reeves. Uh, find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. <laughs>